This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast. It's called The Who Gives a Shit Files, and I appreciate you listening. And I want you to know I have two passions in sports, two teams that I absolutely love and adore, and I'm totally emotionally invested in. One is USC football, and USC football is on the rise with Lincoln Riley, and I really believe that in two years that we're going to be in the Final Four championship and in three years, we're going to win a title. So I'm excited about that. Now, the other team is the Lakers, and that's what this podcast is about. This is the second podcast I've done on the Lakers. I want to give everybody an update as to the situation because it has gotten worse since my last podcast. Now, what I wanted to do is I wanted and I advocated for Russell Westbrook being traded for Ben Simmons. I know there was a big risk with that. Ben Simmons' attitude, he can't shoot, but neither can Westbrook. So, but the Lakers needed to do something. Now it's too late because nothing will help. Anthony Davis went down with his annual injury. The brittle AD will never be healthy. I mean, let's face facts. He's just not going to be healthy. We can't put the weight of a franchise on his back. Now, I'm giving you fair warning that this podcast is going to be hypercritical of the Lakers' front office of Rod Palenka and Jeannie Bust. I mean, these two have totally wrecked one of the best franchises in sports. The Laker brand of purple and gold is recognized all over the world. Shaq and Kobe jerseys are sold in China, Europe, UK, Russia, Israel, Africa, Australia, all over the world. People are buying Laker jerseys. And according to Bleacher Report, this isn't me, this is Bleacher Report, the Lakers are the most third popular franchise in the entire world, second only to Manchester United and the New York Yankees. I mean, we're talking more than the Dallas Cowboys, Real Madrid soccer, the Green Bay Packers, the Boston Red Sox. And by the way, no other NBA team is even in the top 10. The Lakers have 17 NBA championships, tied with Boston for the most, and 32 appearances in the NBA Finals, by far the most. They are the most successful franchise, sorry Boston, in NBA history when you measure the finals appearances. The Lakers have a tradition and a legacy of sustained excellence. And now the team has no chance of succeeding in the present or in the future. And why is this? That's because Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss are stupid and they suck. And please excuse my bluntness, and I'm going to get more blunt as this podcast goes on, but I believe I've earned the right to speak my mind. In my last podcast, I talked about how the Boston Celtics, Red Arbach, and his freaking cigar that he lit up Every game on the bench when he thought he had the game won ruined my childhood. I mean, my childhood 
is scarred because of the of the Boston Celtics be, beating the Lakers six years in a row. Six years in a row. It was devastating to me. And I have to tell you that in 1967, I, my family and I moved. I was uh, 16 years old, 15 years old at the time. We moved to New Jersey, which was Nick country. Everybody was a Nick fan, except for me, and I stuck by the Lakers. It seemed like I was the only Laker fan on the East Coast when the Lakers were battling it out in the late 60s and early 70s when I was in high school and college. And I defended the Lakers. I loved the Lakers. And I've been passionate about the Lakers for 61 years. So once again, I feel like I've earned the right to say that the Laker front office should be exiled from Southern California. They stink. The current regime has tried to put together a super team. And guess what? Super teams rarely work. I hate them. I hate them. And for the sake of definition, I'm defining a super team as multiple all-stars joining a team to win an NBA championship. And if you look at the basketball dynasties, none of the super none of these were super teams. I mean, the Celtics of the 60s, as much as I hated them and how they tortured me, they were an excellent team. They grew their players, they developed their players, they came battle-tested together, and they were the most dominant sports team in the history of professional sports. They had a run like no other team has ever had. The Lakers in Boston of the 80s, once again, they drafted their players, they developed their players. And by the way, I think these are the two best teams in NBA history if you look person for person. And either one of these teams would have totally dominated the 80s had there not been for the Lakers of Boston to oppose each other during that period. Now, the Bulls of the 90s, I mean, the same thing. They had super players, but they weren't a super team. They drafted their core. They grew their players. They had to pass the right of, of passage when they played Detroit and finally beat Detroit in the finals to establish their dynasty. The Spurs in 2000s, they also were a team that grew their players and developed them together. I mean, you've got Manu Ginobili, who was a second-round pick. Obviously, you had Robinson and Tim Duncan, who were excellent players. But what these, play, what these teams did is they drafted and developed their core players into con co cohesive, team-oriented entities with defined roles, and everybody accepted their role. So in order to establish a dynasty, all the dynasties in the past, and actually there's one that's currently still maybe going on, are, are really, they're not super teams. They don't work over a sustained period. Now, I don't consider the Golden State Warriors a super team. Their core of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green were drafted and grew up together in the NBA. I mean, Steph Curry, I believe, was the seventh pick in the draft. Clay Thompson was 11th or 12th. And Draymond Green, I believe, was the last player drafted in the NBA, drafted when he came out. 
And these core players are the ones that have won the championship. Now, I understand if you want to make an argument saying that, well, Kevin Durant signing could have made them a super team, but not according to my definition, because that was only one player. And the core was working really well before he even, he being KD, signed with the Golden State Warriors. They were a dynasty. They had won two before. And if you if you look at this, they may not be done yet. I mean, they have the second best record in the East, I believe second best in basketball, and Clay Thompson is coming back. And by the way, you know who had a hand in the architecting of this team and the picking of those draft choices was Jerry West. Yes, the logo. Yes, the former Laker. Yes, the former Laker player, GM, and coach. I mean, the current regime let him go to Golden State. And what happens? He waves his magic wand and Golden State becomes a dynasty. Oh, God. So they're the only team really to win an NBA championship as a super team was the Miami Heat in 2012 and 2013. LeBron James, Bosch, and Wade joined each other to win a championship. And by the way, they didn't win it the first year. They lost to Dirk Nowitzki and the Dallas Mavericks and company their first year. So it took them a while, even as a super team, even as three Hall of Fame All-Stars, it took them a while to gel into the cohesive unit that could win an NBA championship. So once again, what does it take? It takes chemistry. It takes defined roles. It takes commitment. It takes battle, battle testing and playing with each other to win NBA championships. I mean, it's just, it is extremely difficult. Look at, look at the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, they have a super team. And how are they doing? They're fourth in the East. They're not going to win the championship. It doesn't work. So why did the Lakers try it? Why did they try and build a super team with Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis? It's because they suck. They suck. The front office is stupid and they suck. And why else would they do such a thing? It doesn't work. And if you listen to my previous podcast, you know, I talked about there was potential for saving the Lakers, but by getting Simmons and Winter Westbrook, but now with the, with AD getting injured again, they don't have a chance to establish a dynasty. I mean, when the Lakers won championships and did have dynasties and they had two, at least two dynasties, one in the, around 2010 and one in the 80s. I mean, they did it by drafting excellent players. I, I shouldn't say they drafted excellent players. I should say that Jerry West drafted excellent players. I mean, he drafted Magic and Worthy and Byron Scott and Kobe and Kurt Rambis and A.C. Green, and Derek Fisher. I mean, Magic and Worthy were obvious. I mean, it was obvious they were going to be Hall of Fame players and great. But Michael Cooper 
Jerry picked him in the third round, and there's no there's no third round in the NBA draft now. I mean, he grew and developed into one of the best defensive players of all time. As a matter of fact, Larry Bird gave Michael Cooper kudos about his defense. And Larry Bird, it is the only compliment that I can think of that he complimented another opposing player with the exception of Magic. And what Jerry did also, too, is he traded Vlade Divac and drafted Kobe Bryant. And we don't have to ask how that worked out. Plus the fact Jerry, and I know I'm sorry for you guys who listened to the last podcast, I went on ad nauseum about Jerry West, but come on, look at Jerry. Why would you get rid of him? How stupid can you be? So Jerry, let's take a look at who he, who he traded for. He traded for Kareem. He traded for Shaq. He traded for Paul Gasol. I mean, Jerry West was more responsible for the Lakers' legacy of excellence than any one player because of what he did. I mean, look at these trades. I mean, these trades were the most impactful in the history of sports. I mean, with the exception of maybe the curse of the Bay. But other than that, I mean, you're trading for Kareem, the all-time scorer. Shaq, who is maybe the most dominant player of all time this side of Wilt. And Paul Gasol, who cemented a core of players and helped establish a legacy of finals around 2010. I mean, Jerry had an excellent eye for talent in the draft. And once again, look at the, look at the trades that he pulled off. So why? Why did the current regime let the Lakers lose Jerry West and go up to Golden State. I mean, why? And I think you know the reason. It's because they're stupid and they suck. Jeannie Bush should sell a team. Sell a team, Jeannie. Get out of here. Put us out of our misery. And now they desperately try to build a super team around LeBron who, by the way, is having an excellent year. I mean, he's still a really good player. I mean, once again, you got, you know, rock-solid LeBron, brittle Anthony Davis, and explosive Westbrook are not going to take the Lakers to the promised land because super teams don't work. And the Lakers should know this because they tried to put together a super team and it failed. And by the way, Jerry West was gone at that point. He had taken a sabbatical in Memphis during the season when the Lakers tried to put together a super team. I mean, what they did is they added Carl Malone, the second leading scorer in NBA history, Gary Payton, the glove, a Hall of Famer, who is a fierce competitor and one of the best defensive players of all time, and also Horace Grant. I mean, Horace Grant was an excellent power forward and they parachuted these three players in, these three all-stars, to create a super team with Shaq and Kobe. And just like what is happening now with the Lakers, these players, these really good Hall of Fame players, were past their prime, and they wore down as the season went on. 
just like today's Lakers that are old and desperate to win a championship. These players are old, and they can't do it. I mean, how... Okay, so what you're doing... Well, before I get into that, let me, let me continue what happened in, in 2004. The Lakers, with their super team, lost in the finals 4-1 to one to a heavily underdog Detroit Piston team. The Lakers thought they were going to sweep them. And the older Lakers simply couldn't keep up with the young legs of the Pistons, and history repeats itself this year. I mean, this is not only the Lakers team currently, is not only the oldest team in the NBA, it's the oldest team in NBA history. Okay, so you're trying to win an NBA championship, and let's face it, with the Lakers' sustained excellence and legacy for supremacy in the NBA, you know, if you make the finals, that's passable, but you prefer to win it. And how could they put together the oldest team in NBA history and expect to win a championship? That's 82 games plus playoffs. How would you expect them to win it? The answer is you don't. They can't. The oldest team in the NBA, the oldest team in the history of any sports where it create where you need your athletic young legs have never won a championship and why did the lakers do it because the front office is stupid and they suck i mean once again you know i'm sorry to say it but it's true they're stupid and they suck and they should leave go genie and rob palinka go go somewhere else go anywhere else go to the clippers go anywhere just get away from the Lakers so we have a chance in the future. And by the way, speaking of the future, our future looks worse than the present. I mean, we'll be lucky this year to make the NBA playoffs. And, and with the one-year contracts they have and the older players, there is no way they can compete in the future. They have no young potential NBA All-Stars on the roster at all. Not a one. Now, they have a couple of pieces that could be in roles. TNT, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, these guys are okay, not bad role players, but you are not going to develop a core around them that's going to win an NBA championship. I mean, the Lakers have pressed the panic button to get LeBron a title before he calls it quit. And the good front office of the Lakers, which is reprehensible. The front office is reprehensible. Now, a good front office, what they would do is they would try and balance a, a current team with an eye for the future. And they have totally sold out their future for a past that is, that is mediocre at best. And if you look at this too, I mean, it's not that the Lakers didn't have a chance to assemble a a really good roster because Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss have squandered assets in order to assemble this old age home of a super team. I mean, let's take a look at the Lakers draft history going back to 2014. Now, in 2014, with the seventh pick in the draft, the Lakers picked Julius Randle. The man is 27 years old and he's, he was an all-star last year and has averaged 17.5 points per game, 
9.3 rebounds, almost four assists, plus he's in his prime. And the Lakers let him walk as a free agent. They didn't even try and sign him. Now, the Knicks, when they first signed him, he signed a bigger contract since then. But when the Knicks first signed him, they signed him for $9 million. I mean, that's chump change for a potential NBA All-Star and a man of his caliber. And they let him walk for nothing. For nothing. Now let's go starting in 2015. Let's talk about their draft. The Lakers had a remarkable run of luck in the draft. Unprecedented luck in the NBA draft. The next three years, so that's 2015, 2016, and 2017. They got the second pick in each of those drafts. Three consecutive drafts, they got the number two pick. And with all that good fortune, you'd think that the Lakers would have a bench full of vibrant young players in their prime, but everyone is gone. Every single one of those players that they drafted second is gone. You'd think they might want to keep, you know, one or two of those as opposed to having the cemetery of a team that they have now. They need young legs, and they don't have them. So the first guy was D'Angelo Russell, and he was the second pick in 2015. Now, there are discussions about his attitude, his defense, but the man is maturing every year, and he's got career averages of 18 points, four rebounds, and six assists, and he was an all-star. I mean, come on, tell me the Lakers couldn't use those type of stats and young legs. And... Once again, his attitude is getting better as he matures as a player. Now, their second pick in 2015 was Larry Nance Jr. And he's a hardworking athletic role player who has averaged eight points and seven rebounds during his career. And he's got young, strong legs, and he's very versatile defensively. He can guard everything from a center to a shooting guard. He can guard underneath. He can guard on the wings. He averages over a block shot a game for his career and over a steal. The man tries hard, and the Lakers could certainly use somebody like that. 2016. The Lakers drafted Brandon Ingram, who's an all-star, and he is averaging 23 points, six rebounds, and five assists per game this year. And keep in mind, he is on the woeful Pelicans, and he all the offense is run through him, so defenses are geared to stop him. If he was a supplemental player, think of how great he would be. So what you have, too, is you have a player who is one of the best mid-range jump shooters in the game right now, and that's kind of a lost art. So the Lakers gave up him for the brill Anthony Davis. And in the second round of the 2016 draft, they got Ivaca Zubac, who is a good backup center. He is long. He is lanky. I mean, the big Z knows what he's doing. He's a good player. And he is currently averaging nine points 
eight rebounds, one and a half blocks, one steal for the Clippers this year. And once again, this is a man in his prime. All of these players are in their prime, and yet the Lakers let him go. Now, in the 2017 draft, the Lakers picked up Lonzo Ball. Now, in a previous podcast, I castigated the Lakers front office for picking Lonzo versus De'Aaron Fox or Jason Tatum. And it was obvious which one they should have picked either one of those two rather than Lonzo Ball. But for the sake of this podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to assume that they kept him. And Lonzo Ball is getting better and better every year. He, too, is a very versatile defensive player. He's averaging 13 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and and 1.5 steals. And he is part of the reason that Chicago is doing so well in the NBA this year. I mean, Chicago is number one in the East, and nobody would have picked that. And I have to tell you that Lonzo is a relentless defender and a very unselfish player. And also, too, the Lakers drafted Kyle Kuzma, and they let him go. Another player that they didn't draft, but they got in a uh, in a in a in a draft day trade was Jordan Clarkson, who was sixth man of the year. So all of these players were drafted by the Lakers or got or got on draft day, and three of them are all stars. So instead instead of building a super team with players who are older than the than the Egyptian pyramids, the Lakers could have a team that is very competitive this year with some good potential for the future. And let's take a look at what the Lakers could look like if the front office had any intelligence whatsoever. Okay, so here's what, here's what we would look like. D'Angelo Russell at point guard and off guard. Lonzo Ball at point guard, off guard, or small forward. Julius Randle at small or power forward. Brandon Ingram, small or power forward. LeBron playing everywhere and anywhere. And by the way, he is having a great year playing center. You got Zubac patrolling the middle. You got Kuzma and Clarkson coming off the bench along with Larry Nash. So you've got, a, you've got a deep bench. You've got excellent starters. And the brilliant Lakers front office let all these teams, all these players go. I mean, we would be 10 players deep. And all of them would be excellent. So we would be, we'd have safety valves in case of injuries. All these players are selfless, relentless, and in their prime. Instead, we got a situation where in 2022, we got a bunch of old players with a bunch of old legs that don't have a chance of winning an NBA championship. And plus the fact, what are we going to do next year? What are we going to do? So instead of staying pat and developing a core of players that the Lakers have drafted, like 
all other dynasties do, because that is the formula for becoming a dynasty in the NBA. Instead, what did they do? They traded them away for a super team that has old players. I mean, the oldest players in the NFL, I'm, I'm sorry, in the NBA, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go through that again, but it's true. How stupid can they be? And the franchise, the franchise should be set for the future with all those draft picks. They should be bursting with potential and optimism. Laker fans should be feeling great, but instead we're not because we have a front office of Jeannie Bush and Rob Palinka who have no insight into the present and no foresight into the future. And you know why? You know why? Because the Lakers front office, they're stupid and they suck. I'm sorry if I was venting, but I'm passionate about this subject and there's no way the Lakers shouldn't be a dynasty in the future like they have been in the past. Thank you for listening.